Hello and welcome to the EACCNY Pulse, a podcast platform that showcases transatlantic business insights from our members on both sides of the pond. My name is Yvonne Bendinger-Rothschild and I'm the Executive Director of the European American Chamber of Commerce in New York. Our series, A Look into the Crystal Ball on the Future of Finance, features high-level European and American executives with whom we will explore how the pandemic has reshaped priorities and expedited innovation within the financial services industry. We hope you will enjoy this series and I encourage you to rate and subscribe to the EACCNY Pulse on your favorite podcast network. Welcome to a look into the crystal ball on the future of collateral management with Brian Ruane, the Chief Executive Officer of Bank of New York Mellon Clearance and Collateral Business. Bank of New York dates back to 1784 and is one of the oldest banks in the U.S., as well as the largest custodian bank in the world. To offer some context, uh, BNY has 42 trillion in assets under custody and 2 trillion in assets under management. BNY is a member of the EACC New York. Brian will walk us through the collateral market, how it is transforming financial markets on both sides of the Atlantic, and how it has changed since the start of the pandemic. So let's jump right into it, Brian. There seems to be a great interest in the collateral management um, in the financial services industry right now. But before we get into that, can you give us some background and definitions what collateral management is? Great. So firstly, thank you to you and the EACC for inviting me to join today's discussion. Yeah, so what is collateral? I would say today, more and more companies and financial institutions are collateralizing transactions that they do with one another. And by that, I mean they're providing either securities or cash to risk mitigate the transaction. So collateral is, in essence, securities or cash, and it's typically high-quality securities. Let me give you a a simple example. Let's imagine a bank or a broker-dealer, which would use collateral tools quite extensively, needs to borrow money. They might choose to access the short-term repurchase agreement market, which is a collateralized market. And they may enter into a transaction with, uh, say, a money market fund if it was in the U.S. or an investment manager or an insurance company if it was in Europe. But that money market fund wants to receive collateral in order to encourage it to lend the money to that bank. So the asset manager will post, in the example I'll give here, U.S. Treasuries as securities, which is acceptable, and it sends cash to the bank. When the trade unwinds in a day or in a week, the money fund will receive its cash back plus interest, and then the asset manager will receive back its treasuries, or the bank will receive back its treasuries. In many cases, trades of this kind, you know, because they're, they can be quite large and there can be substantial movement of securities, are facilitated by a third-party agent. In the case of BNY Mellon, one of the, the collateral tri-party agents is a tri-party agent that facilitates both the movement of cash, the movement of securities, and the segregation to protect the interest of the money fund in the example. So that's what collateral is in a nutshell. That's an example of a transaction. Now, what's collateral management? In many ways, it's developing into a whole new market segment, or maybe even there's elements of it that look like an industry that's emerging because it's quite large. So collateral management is the services that assist the owners of collateral to manage them. So to give another simple example, and I'll stick with U.S. Treasuries, BNY Mellon has a client, in this case, we'll 
choose a broker-dealer that either trades or settles a new issue where it purchases a U.S. Treasury bond. We can offer them services that allow them to put that treasury to work rather than it just sitting in their portfolio. Those services are really the services of a tri-party agent. And a tri-party agent is essentially a collateral agent. The type of services that that agent would provide would be enabling that client to lend the security or to use the security, for example, to post at a derivative exchange or in an over-the-counter derivative to provide credit enhancement to that transaction. And then finally, I'd say about the collateral management industry, it's worth noting that it's quite sizable. It's a big market. The collateral platform that BNY Mellon has has a little over $4 trillion in balances on it. It's global. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of background on collateral management. Yeah, very interesting. So um, what has changed over the last couple of years? And, um, and also, if you may, um, what are some of the key differences between Europe and the U.S. markets? So firstly, what's changed over the last couple of years? I would say that one of the defining changes in collateral management has been the aftermath of the global financial crisis in 2008. So one of the benefits of collateral management is it's a risk mitigant tool. It's also, in the example I gave you, a means for banks to fund themselves. So it's a funding tool. But if we go back to the financial crisis, one of the central lessons that came out of the financial crisis was the need for collateralization in transactions. You may recall at that time, many banks or broker dealers required collateral when they did trades with buy-side counterparties, but it wasn't customary that collateral was posted in both directions. So I think the financial crisis and the post-financial crisis rules that were put in place are one of the drivers of that. And then I would say the second is a more conservative marketplace where buy-side firms and financial institutions are saying, we want to do the transaction. In order to entice us to do that transaction, we want to risk mitigate it. And it, it is largely influenced by the regulatory environment post-2008. I'd say one other thing is the market infrastructure that's evolving in the last several years, collateral is a key component of that. If you look at the derivative clearinghouses in Europe or in the U.S., DTC's FICC, which is one of the central clearing counterparties, both of those clearinghouses use collateral as an important part of the services that they provide, and the posting of that collateral is central to market liquidity. On that note, if I may follow up on this, um, it, it's not only banks um, using that vehicle, it's also um, corporates who are who are getting in the, into that, isn't it? Yeah, so maybe I'll firstly just take a minute and say how big this market is and then who are the market participants. So yeah. the last published numbers are the end of 2019. So the market has definitely grown since that period of time, given the amount of new issuance that took place in 2020. But let's just take those numbers as a starting point. At that point, the total size of the collateral marketplace was estimated to be about $17 trillion. In that $17 trillion, the biggest or the largest part of that $17 trillion was repurchase transactions. The example that I gave when we first started speaking, approximately $14 trillion. About $3 trillion of it is related to securities finance. And then the remainder of that, about about $700 billion, is related to the derivatives market and collateralizing derivative transactions. So if you look at those three and then you say, well, who are the market participants? 
the market participants are, as you said, banks, investment managers, insurance companies, and more and more, uh, although it is a smaller part of the market, corporate treasuries. And in, in the case of corporate treasuries, they're oftentimes providers of cash, lenders of cash, and receiving collateral. You know, over the summer, we're at a kind of unique time in this collateral market in that we're coming up on the date. September 1st is the date for the implementation of what's called the uncleared margin rules for derivative transactions, and we're in phase five of it. So over the last five years, dating back to 2016, various sizes of financial institutions have been required to calculate collateral margin to deliver it to a third-party collateral agent, such as BNY Mellon, and then to post the collateral. So there's several thousand institutions this summer, probably in the region of three or 4,000, that'll become part of that rule, uncleared margin rule phase five. And I'm sure um, those institutions would typically be banks, swap dealers, and investment managers. So that's the regulatory component of it. But to, to answer your question, corporate treasurers are using it as a short-term investment vehicle or, or cash vehicle. So it is even institutions like those that are starting to use collateral management. Yeah. And to follow up on that, is that also the reason why more and more trades are being collateralized? And how does this increase in activity um, or in the increase in the eligible collateral help market stability? So one of the, the, the principal benefits of posting collateral is it entices institutions to do trades and it's a risk mitigant tool. But the other advantage of posting collateral is it keeps markets liquid. It keeps transactions flowing. In particular, the collateralized nature and the high quality nature of collateral that's being posted today versus 2008. So the majority of the collateral that we're talking about is of the highest quality in terms of, of the quality of assets that it is. It facilitates trading to, to take place even in times of disruption. So I think that is one of the advantages of, of, the, of collateral as it is today. I think the other component of it is it's the ready availability of collateral being turned into cash. And it's mm. uh, one of the things that the, the banks and financial institutions and the regulatory environment is really encouraging banks to have the highest form of collateral to hold the highest form of collateral, and this is a mechanism for turning that into cash on a day-to-day -day basis, but also at the times of stress if cash is needed. In the derivative exchange world, it's a, it's a way of facilitating that growing market, always being collateralized and always being managed on a conservative basis. Speaking of mechanisms, um, what do you see in terms of technology and how technology is playing a role in driving this? Technology is becoming a huge component of the collateral markets, similar to in the past, the way technology really changed the payments business. Let me first talk about BNY Mellon, then we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in the wider industry. So in the case of BNY Mellon, we've invested in a program or project that we're actually calling the name of this panel. It's Future of Collateral. And Future of Collateral is to unify the collateral offering of our company around the world and to make it easy for our clients to move assets, unencumbered assets from the US across our platform anywhere in the BNY Mellon network. So that is one theme that's a big component of 
the technology investment, which is the ability to mobilize collateral, to move it around the world to where it might be needed. And that does add liquidity and, and strength to markets, the fact that collateral can move. The second, and I probably should have mentioned it first, is resiliency. Investing in the technology to ensure that the technology is available 24-7 and that it is resilient both operationally and, you know, we just went through this period where a lot of the marketplace was working from home, that it actually works in all scenarios. And then I'd say the third is new technologies are being used in this market to provide unique solutions. Um, and I'll give you one example of, of one that we announced about two months ago, and that is the use of machine learning to provide predictive tools to clients, where we provide reports to clients at a specific time in the day that says the probability of a trade failing. We call it our fails prediction service, and it's particular to our U.S. Treasury business, but that predictive service helps clients avoid additional costs of a security failing, allows them to take action if they choose to do it, and is already delivering real efficiency for clients and for the marketplace. It's in its earliest stages, but you could see tools like that being made available to help clients reduce fails, therefore making the market more efficient, or if you took the other side of it, to optimize their collateral, to get the best use out of their collateral, using technology insights to actually achieve that. So do you think that market efficiency and um, safety or security are the technologies that make the biggest difference in this? Well, there are two of the focus areas, mobility, safety, and resiliency of it. But I do think there's also investment. And if we, if we move to the European landscape for a moment, there is also investment that's taking place to try and make, for example, in Europe, the EU markets today are still a little bit fragmented to bring that together. And, and Europe is a massive um, opportunity both for BNY Mellon and for, for the collateral management industry. Early this year, we invested, it's a minority investment, but we invested in a company called HQLAX in Luxembourg, who at its core has as that goal to deliver connectivity and to improve the ability to mobilize collateral within Europe. And that's both something that obviously we're a supporter of and we've made an investment in, but we also will be a provider of services too from the perspective of linking our platform to pools of collateral around the world. So uh, there is innovation in addition to mobility and resiliency. So it is an exciting time and technology is playing a huge role in the collateral markets. Yeah. On that note, um, what do you um, see um, what the impact was that the pandemic um, had on the collateral marketplace? I mean, one of the, you know, the headlines about the pandemic is that operational efficiency and resiliency was tested. So the marketplace I mentioned is 17 trillion globally. BNY Mellon services about 4 trillion of that. And one of the important things it does is help banks to fund themselves on a collateralized basis. And, you know, the pandemic was characterized by lots of people having to work remotely. And, you know, we published a paper in the first quarter of 2020 called the Pandemic Stress Test, where we specifically took a look at how did market infrastructure operate during this period where the world was largely working from home. And due to volatility in the markets, 
there was both a lot of issuance that was happening, but also a lot of trade volume. And I would say it's generally thought to have performed quite well in terms of that time. And that's sort of the summation that we came to, that the market infrastructure performed well during what was really the ultimate stress test. But in addition to the resiliency challenge that it placed on the industry, which I think the industry largely did pass, the second is significant issuance. BNY Mellon's market strategist, a gentleman named Danny Tenninghauser, he in a recent piece estimated that global debt during 2020 increased by more than 20 trillion as against probably 9 to 10 trillion over the previous 10 two decades so a significant increase in debt that was issued and during that period of time the US and the eurozone each issued about 6 to 6 and a half trillion during 2020 so i would say that the 2020, in addition to this health crisis that we went through, the financial markets were tested from an operational resiliency perspective. And the other thing that characterized that was a significant amount of new debt that was issued that is of a higher quality and that will be available should it need be to be used as collateral in financing. That was 2020. Yeah. In, in 2021, you know, one of the new things is the addition of new forms of collateral to this industry. And we'll shortly be seeing issued in the market these new European Union so-called corona bonds. So that's the next generation EU recovery package is several hundred billion. It's about 800 billion. These bonds will be issued starting late this summer and will also be likely uh, trade maturity-wise and from a credit perspective, a similar creditworthiness to the underlying member states. And those bonds, no doubt, will, be, will provide new forms of collateral as we look to the future or later, later this year. Yeah. Before I get to a separate topic, um, the, the ESG, how do you see, um, looking ahead, the U.S. and the European collateral markets um, compare or develop um, side by side? Yeah. So we service the entirety of the of the global collateral markets. The U.S. market is a, is a very big market for BNY Mellon, but so is the European market and, in fact, APAC. The European collateral market is largely homogenized, as many of the you know, different financial transactions that take place in the U.S. are. Um, they tend to be liquid and and homogenized or or standardized. The EU collateral landscape is moving towards that. And I mentioned that we hope to play a role in you know, what is today a fragmented market, but which is really coming together nicely. So at present, there isn't a uniform standard in place with regard to collateral for the European Union. However, the single collateral management rulebook for Europe with the goal of true collateral harmonization across Europe. Now, this was issued a number of years back and is being implemented as we speak right right at this point. And um, coincidentally, the person who co-chairs the working group on EU collateral harmonization is uh, BNY Mellon's head of collateral in Europe, a woman named Gesa Benda. So there's a lot of work being done on developing common standards for collateral across the EU. And I think we look forward to seeing exactly when that comes about in the marketplace. And we'll certainly be supporting and implementing that harmonization once those standards are agreed and, of course, including them in our collateral platform. Yeah. 
um, on the subject of standards, ESG, environmental, social and governance requirements, how is this um, tying into the discussion about the collateral management? Like you said, ESG is a huge topic for the investment industry, and it's been top of mind for the last number of years. At BNY Mellon, we do have a holistic approach to providing ESG solutions to our clients across all of the client solutions we have, whether it's in our asset servicing business where you mentioned we provide custody services or whether it's in our investment management or wealth management division where clients are looking to actually deploy their capital in accordance with their ESG principles. So we have something called a BNY Mellon ESG application. I would say I would say at its simplest, it allows clients to score the ESG uh, in accordance with its own principles and marked against major indices. So from a collateral perspective, that actually is being implemented in July, the BNY Mellon ESG application. But we have already implemented the ability for clients to screen ESG eligibility against the major indices. There are about nine indices that we currently make available for clients to be able to ascertain whether certain securities that are in collateral that they're financing are actually in accordance with their ESG principles. So while the collateral markets have come to ESG after the investment markets, it's a big priority of the market participants, and it is also something that there's a lot of conversation about in the industry. So we'll look forward to providing that solution to clients really in the next couple of weeks in terms of the ESG apps, the BNY Mellon ESG apps. Very exciting. Turning to the future, what do you think is the outlook for collateral management? It's constantly evolving, I would say. So um, it's characterized by an industry that's getting larger by virtue of what we just talked about in terms of the um, issuance calendar. It's also characterized by newer technology and significant investments in technology. Our goal is really to take our collateral platform and to work with our clients to assist them to connect to new pools of collateral. And we expect that'll continue. A great example, and it's it's very recent, it was really last month, was we connected um, the BNY Mellon collateral platform to Bond Connect, China Bond Connect, to allow offshore Chinese bonds to be used as collateral on our platform in pledge arrangements. We had, in 2019, also been the industry leader with Hong Kong Stock Connect, allowing Chinese equities that are offshore to be used as collateral. So connecting to new markets, connecting to new and exciting asset classes such as ESG, bringing ETFs into the collateral pool, and money funds are going to be some of the exciting things that are happening in collateral, much of which is underway as we speak. And then in Europe, it's the standardization of collateral that we talked about under EU harmonization, our investment in HQLAX, and then the significant investment in future of collateral, which is really completed earlier this year, where we brought together our domestic and our international collateral platforms into a unified collateral offering, which we're really excited about where that's going to go as we look to the future. And then as it relates to the industry, While collateral management did grow up as largely an operational service, more and more we're seeing clients that are seeing this as a strategic differentiator, whether it's an investment manager enhancing its return on its portfolios or a bank improving its funding by optimizing its collateral. 
So we think there'll be lots of new products and solutions that also come out uh, over the coming years, and it's certainly a growing and exciting field. So we're optimistic on collateral management. Yeah, very interesting. Um, do you want to share any final thoughts uh, with us? Yeah, my final thought I would say is that to the EACC members that are listening, you know, why is collateral management important? And I would say it's important for a couple couple of uh, perspectives. One, collateral-like cash is becoming mobile and an important part of the financial services ecosystem. And then secondly, many of the unique partnerships that are evolving around regulatory solutions and around client needs are producing great and interesting partnerships with financial technology firms. And we'll hope to have some announcements on those as, as we go into the end of the year. Very interesting. Thank you so much, uh, Brian. So this concludes uh, this podcast episode. Um, we were joined by Brian Urain, the CEO of Bank of uh, New York Mellon's clearing and collateral business. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with our audience. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast hosted by the EACC, a look into the crystal ball on the future of collateral management. Stay tuned for our next installment and take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of EACC and Y Pulse. Please rate and review this podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on transatlantic business insights and to better understand the complexities of the international environment we work in. For more information about the European American Chamber of Commerce and how to join our dynamic network, please reach out to membership at eaccny.com. We look forward to hearing from you.